boyhood friend, Mr. Ron, and my dad, Don. All right, you guys, what's going on? It's episode number 181 of the Ron and Don Show. And don't forget, we are live from the Les Schwab Studios today. And if you need to get in touch with us, just check out our website. It's ronanddonsitdown.com. That's ronanddonsitdown.com. Hey, coming up on the Ron and Don Show, Dr. Fauci, we just found out a number of months ago, had a Zoom call. With my boy, Two Chains. <laughs> I didn't know he was your and boy. Also, Kim Kardashian was on the call. And then I understand that John Mayer was on the call. And so many other cool people were on the call with Dr. Fauci. What were they talking about? You're not going to believe it. We'll tell you coming up here in about 10 minutes. Also, if you were going to have a superstar studied call, who would be on your call? Uh, Ron has also written something today. Before we get to that, though, let's get to this. Uh, Notre Dame. The Fighting Irish did just did something pretty incredible, and I bet they wish they would have done this, not only on live television, which we saw, but also in front of a packed stadium, because number one Clemson was taken down by the Fighting Irish, and as a result of that, the students got a little crazy. They stormed the field. They started attempting to take down goalposts, and here's the problem when you look at Notre Dame. They have over 200 students right now that are in quarantine that have COVID-19. Uh, you also have a lot of older people there that work there as professors, clergy's there. So there's some kind of concern about COVID-19 spreading throughout the campus as we head into winter months. And of course, we see that everywhere. Ron, when you see this, knowing that we found out today that there's a vaccine out there that has helped 90% of the folks that they've tried it on. And now they need to go into another two months of trials to find out if this is something that you and I could use, right? And it was just a one-dose trial. So some good news about that today, if you're a vaccine person, because I'm finding out that some people aren't. But what is your take on what happened in Notre Dame? And do you think, as we look around, we see the explosion in the country of COVID-19 hospitalizations and deaths, uh, do you think this would be a time to say, hey, let's stop these sporting events or uh, we can't allow fans to come in here, get crazy, storm the field. Even if these kids don't end up dying from it, they could get COVID-19, take it home to grandma and grandpa just in time for Thanksgiving. Right? Well, we've seen colleges are pretty much super spreaders in waiting. Uh, you know, there's been some uh, colleges on the East Coast where when an outbreak happened, they sent the kids home. And then they could track, uh, you know, using uh, skip tracing or not skip tracing, but uh, tracing uh, of these kids when they went back to their communities back home. Then the uh, cases rose where these communities where they sent them back home. So the interesting thing on just the technicality. If they're skip tracing those kids. Not I, skip tracing. That would be awesome. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I forget the name of it. Um, it's interesting when you think of Notre Dame specifically because they are don't have a conference. 
Um, unlike every other school, like University of Washington, who's in the Pac-12, are governed by the rules of the Pac-12. Or if you're in the SEC, you have to obey the rules of the SEC. Uh, the, Notre Dame is so big historically, they're like, screw that. We're just going to be Notre Dame. And so they don't be, uh, belong to a conference. Therefore, they, don't, they set their own rules. And so if you saw that game, it was number one. Uh, asterisk, uh, Trevor Lawrence, I believe his name, was the quarterback for Clemson, probably a number one pick in the draft, was not playing because he had COVID-19. So he's out of that game. The thing goes to double overtime. And Notre Dame decided against what other conferences have said, including the Pac-12, hey, we're going to allow a certain number of people to attend this game in person. And when they all clustered on the field, it looked like a lot of people. I'm sure when you had it spread out, because it's a very big stadium, when you had it spread out, uh, you know, in North Bend, you probably were six feet away from everybody. But they just, they can make up their own rules. I think as a institution of higher learning that is Catholic based, which I guess you should throw that in there for me because that sort of speaks to a moral code. I think it was very irresponsible to allow that many students into the stadium to watch a football game. I get it that we love football, that we're a football crazy country. I watched the game yesterday with uh, our professional team here locally, but in Buffalo, they didn't have any people in the stands. Seattle has not had people in the stands. There are uh, people that are organizations that choose to do it. This to me is symptomatic of what we're seeing nationwide of this assault on science of saying, you make up your own rules, you make up uh, your own science, you make up your own mind on whether or not something is, is a virus that's easily spreadable. And that drives me crazy because it's clear that this will cause infections. It is clear that people will have serious health effects uh, from this. And it's because someone made up their mind. I have a very good friend that I, I watched their cat this last weekend because their grandpa died in a state that is, is a make up your rule, own rules state. So they had to travel back uh, to see, uh, to attend the funeral. And it, it was just super sad to me. There was a life that didn't have to end because this person happened to live in a state where you have people just going, yeah, yeah, wear a mask, don't wear a mask, no big deal. It, it, it definitely was a big deal to that family. Uh, it was a big deal to have to travel back there and attend a funeral uh, under COVID for someone that didn't have to die, uh, who was old, but like had many years left yeah. and had a family that loved them. And so you see this at Notre Dame. I, I just think it's irresponsible. I think you can play these games uh, with tighter regulations and, and the fans can watch on TV. Yeah. It's interesting because people are saying, well, we are seeing spikes right now that they've seen no other places in the world. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, damn it, we're Americans. We have rights and we have the right to wear a mask or not wear a mask. We have the right I, I looked to that up to before because then we were talking about this. What? Uh, just think about this. America just passed 10 million cases, confirmed cases of COVID. India, which has almost four times the population. So if you think, if you know math at all, has they just passed 8 million. So a country with four times the number of people. So you would think just if, if all things being equal, they should have four times the number of cases. They have less cases than us with four times the population. China, the same thing. So, and they even have less than India. 
So you look at this, and I don't know if we can believe the numbers out of China, but you get my point. Uh, to echo what you said, it's irresponsible and it's costing people lives. Yeah, and I think a lot of folks are beginning to think, wow, this vaccine's on the way. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and have a good time this holiday season anyway. And I would just caution people, it, 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 if you're young and healthy, it's probably not about your life, but it's probably about the life of someone that you typically visit for, for the holiday season. This one's really hard. Who are you going to hug? Who you're not going to hug? Who are you going to allow in your house? So if you allow them in your house, are you going to be on your deck? Or are you going to have windows open? What are you going to do? What's the plan? You and I uh, watched a Seahawk game in a house with, I think there were three other people. And we all were socially distancing in the house. And then we had the doors wide open. It had to be 40-something degrees outside. So I was freezing on the inside. And at the same time, we were trying to do what we could do to look out for each other. But I get it, and I understand. Because when you reach up and you, like I went into a Bartels here the other day to try to find masks, and I asked them where the masks were, and they said, uh, there's a mask shortage again because we're now taking a lot of these masks that they would use in hospitals and we're sending those to hospitals versus what we were doing before. And now you have also some states talking about, like down in El Paso, they're beginning to warn the state of Texas that, hey, we are going to just have to siphon off care here and we're going to take care of the people we can take care of. And those that can't, uh, we're going to have to make a, li- a really a life and death decision. And it doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way because there is a vaccine on the horizon. However, though, I do want to stay that the research I've been doing on these vaccines is the model they're using is the same one on the flu. So we probably all had years where we got the flu shot and you still got the flu that year. So when you think about influenza, which this is a version of influenza virus, um, it's not an immunity shot. So there is a chance they do it by percentages. So they're trying to get herd immunity for an entire population. So it's not a uh, a badge of invincibility like like I think some people think, where it's like, oh, I got the shot, I'm clear. No mask for me, I can just roam around and do whatever I want. That's not how these things work. You still could get it. You could You could get the shot and still contract covid and still die from covid so in the same way that there have been years where you and i got the shot and i got the flu and you didn't get the flu where it's like what's going on here we both got the flu shot this year that doesn't guarantee you immunity it means that the the, they're trying to reach a threshold of effectiveness because viruses do change and morph and over time and so that's what we're chasing so i don't want people to think that the, the it's a good thing and you're right. The trials that we've seen have a, a, a threshold going up to 90%. That still means that over 10% of the people that take it yeah. still can get COVID. Yeah. We come back. Uh, let's do this. Let's talk about Dr. Fauci because he is back in the news today. And it was just leaked that he had a really interesting Zoom call with a lot of famous people. What was he doing on that Zoom call? And if you were going to have a famous Zoom call, uh, who would be on your call? We'll talk about that next. It's the Ron and Don Show only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. When it comes to your real estate journey, Ron and Don can help you buy, sell, or invest in real estate. It all starts with a Ron and Don sit down. Hi, I'm Dan Martin. Hi, I'm Terry Detmer. Hey, I'm Connor. My son wanted to get out of Pullman. I thought, well, let's start looking in Seattle. And it grown to trust the image of Ron and Don. They seem like good guys. Let's go for it. Sent a message in their little portal. Got a message back within about five minutes from Don. And he set up a phone conference for about a half hour later. And both he and Ron were on the phone conference talking to me exactly what we wanted and what price range and what neighborhoods and 
about two days later, we were out touring houses with them. They were always responded immediately anytime I contacted them. And the other thing is we were live on the other side of the water, and so we were having to take a ferry over. They were very cognizant of that, and they didn't want us to waste ferry trips. There were houses we were interested in. They would go and preview them if we wanted. One time Ron went and then FaceTimed us as he walked through several houses for us so that we wouldn't have to come over and waste the trip. I don't think we would have like necessarily found this house or been as successful with another realtor or doing it without, a, I can't imagine doing it without a realtor. I don't think we'd have this house if, if it hadn't been for Ron and Don. And they seemed personally interested in the houses we would tour. And I think both of them said at some point when we were apologizing at how many houses we looked at, said, we love looking at houses. Houses. They didn't hesitate to jump in and make this the house for us. They seemed very enthused for, uh, you know, a deal to get done and for us to be successful. That felt really good. When you're ready to sit down and strategize about your real estate journey, schedule your time with the guys at ronanddonsitdown.com. Sign up for the nation news at ronanddonradio.com. All right, you guys, welcome back to the Ron and Don Show, episode 181. And don't forget, our brand new ebooks are out, right? Yeah, they are. If you're a buyer or a seller or thinking about this in 2021, then just email me, ron at windermere.com. I'll send that out to you. I've had a couple people that have said, ah, I mean, I'm probably not going to do something until, you know, first quarter or middle of next year. Let's start now. Let's get a game plan together now. We've had uh, some people where it's like uh, they wanted to buy and we had enough runway to help them uh, get their credit score up a little bit. So by the time they were ready to buy, they got a better interest rate. So yeah. that's a, but we needed a long enough runway to do that for you. So uh, email us. We'll get you that book out and then go to ronadonsitdown.com. Yeah, money is historically low, you guys. So that's why there's a lot of people, even during a pandemic, that are out there buying and selling. So uh, yeah, Ron at Windermere.com, and we're always available at RonandonSitdown.com to sit down with you today. You can even pick a time on the calendar, and uh, we'll sit down with you. Dr. Fauci, it's kind of interesting about him, uh, and it seems like with this particular administration, and I don't want to talk a lot of politics here, but I think uh, this particular doctor is very, very important. Uh, many presidents have used him over the years. He's in a position where the president can't directly fire him. But what the president could do is fire Dr. Fauci's bout, uh, boss and then replace him and make sure uh, whoever is going to replace uh, who's ever going to replace Dr. Fauci's boss would then turn around and fire Dr. Fauci. So I think if they fire Dr. Fauci, something tells me that he'll probably be back with the next administration. He, he did something a number of months ago that just leaked out that I thought was pretty cool. He had a Zoom call, and on his Zoom call was Gwyneth Paltrow. She was on the Zoom call. And on her Zoom call was Kim Kardashian. In fact, she put the Zoom call together. Uh, and there were people that would check in on this Zoom call, like Ben Affleck, a bunch of other stars. My friend, Two Chains. Uh, I love Two Chains. I, I liked him when he was Three Chains, then he sold out, and he only went to Two Chains. You just say that. So, so anyway, he had this call, and the reason he wanted to have it with a lot of famous celebrities in Hollywood is because he felt like, you know what? These people are influencers and they may not listen to me, but they may listen to Kim Kardashian. They may not listen to me, but maybe they'll listen You're to talking about their fans. Yeah. My fans may not listen to me, but in turn, they may listen to what Gwyneth Paltrow has to say about that because there's so much power now. And we see this in social media. You watch great athletes. 
that no longer have to sit down with a sports writer to get them the great story of the day because they can just write that story themselves or somebody in that circle and they can release that out on their social media platforms. And it gives them the opportunity then to control their message. And it also gives them an opportunity to control the money, right? Because a lot of these influencers, like for instance, I saw Kim Kardashian being interviewed by David Letterman the other day. Yeah, I watched that same thing. And she had done her hair in such a way that by promoting this this hair that she was wearing, which wasn't her own hair, and Dave pointed that out, she had made millions and millions of dollars. I think it was over $25 million by just putting it up an Instagram post about her wearing this new hair and how much she loved the hair. So as we see, a lot of people in Hollywood, a lot of people online, they have this great influence over the rest of us, right? We have a president right now, 75 million followers on Twitter. He has a lot of influence, which is really interesting. But coming back to this, Dr. Fauci, do you like that idea of getting on with Gwyneth well, super smart. and Kim and saying, hey, when it comes to social media and it comes to COVID-19, let's help get the word out about spreading out, putting our mask on, washing our hands, and staying safe. Yeah, I mean, what a great use of time. If you can spend an hour answering the questions of these high-profile people, which you said they were very informed and asked really great questions, that would be a fun screen share, you know, when you see the 16 squares up there, or however many you can get on Zoom. So he, he recognized that, like, by me spending this hour, I'm potentially talking to hundreds of millions of people. Uh, and, and Kim Kardashian, which I actually gained some respect for her on that My Next Guest with David Letterman show on Netflix. Like, she's had an interesting life. She's not dumb. Uh, and she really understands how this stuff works and how to monetize things. Uh, and I, I encourage people to watch that interview because it really is illuminating. But knowing from Dr. Fauci's point of view, it's like, okay, if Kim Kardashian says to wear a mask or even comes out with a Kardashian-themed mask that people go and buy online or at their store or whatever, um, it's a good thing. It's a net positive uh, for everybody to do that. And so, yeah, Dr. Fauci has done a great job, I think, in leveraging those times where he can get out there and and, and do that. And I hope that people <laughs> listen to him. You know, it, it's, uh, again, it's so disheartening to have watched people like that that are nonpartisan, super smart, spend their entire life studying like, like just imagine you spent your whole career getting ready for a pandemic. Like that's what Dr. Fauci's a virologist, epidemiologist. He's, this is what he's, he's prepared for his whole life. Then it happens. You're ready to roll. But it actually coincides with an administration that doesn't want to listen to you, that tries to marginalize you, that tries to discount everything you've spent your life doing, where you're an expert and you know you watched his face in those press conferences where someone is saying demonstrably false things about a subject that he's an expert in. It had to be incredibly frustrating. I really admire the way he's held it together and not lashed out and constantly taken the high road and tried to protect people and just say, listen to me. I know what I'm talking about. Uh, he, he does know what he's talking about. Yeah, and he also now has to have a Secret Service uh, detail, which is really gross. So who would you want on your Zoom, your celebrity Zoom call with Don of the Ronnie Dog? Yeah, I thought about this, and everybody picks Jesus. So I'm going to pick Mother Mary because she doesn't get a lot of screen time. 
It's always Jesus. You talk to anyone. I, and I floated this question to some people. Wow, I was not even in that ballpark. You're going to be very Well, you know uh, what? When Jesus, when Jesus got nailed to the cross, the two Marys were there. Andrew was there. Everybody else split. So people think it was just uh, one time that Peter denied Jesus. He denied him a lot. He was at the corner bar all the time. And all the rest of those dudes, after the Garden of Gethsemane, and they watched the way he got treated, if you believe the biblical story, they were gone too. Mother Mary, man, she was always there. Plus, then you have Paul who turned around and wrote a great song about Mother Mary, who was his mother, different Mother Mary. Totally different Mary. And uh, she had died when Paul from the Beatles was young. And so he said, when he finds his time and so times of trouble, Mother Mary comforts me. So that's what that song is about. It's about the Marys. So I would like to have Mother Mary there, Jesus' Mary, and then I'd like to have Paul's Mary there also. Then I like to just see Paul there for his reaction. I think that this would be phenomenal. So I got two Marys and a Paul. What do you got? But now I, I was tempted to change my answer yeah. after you went like with these historic figures. What's, what's the matter with my answer? No, your answer is like noble. Cause my, Thank you. my initial answer <laughs> is I want Dave Chappelle. <laughs> I don't know if you saw his Saturday Night Live speech. Like, I think the guy's brilliant yeah. and super interesting. I think he would be a great on a Zoom call. He gave a great to speech To just talk a bunch of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I wanted him. And while I was thinking about that, I was like, Ta-Nehisi Coates is super fun to listen to. And then I was thinking Dave Grohl. Oh. Because he was the musical guest. So I just watched that stuff. He seems like, uh, if you've seen his Fresh Pots video on the YouTubes, he just seems like a fun guy to have on your celebrity call. Yeah. So uh, I was not going religious or historical. Uh, once you said that, I was like, oh, this is open to all all mankind and all all time. Uh, I might have changed my answer, but my first thing was I thought Dave Chappelle on my celebrity call would be super interesting to talk to. So you got two Daves and a Ta-Nehisi Coates. Right. That, that's who I got. <laughs> and I got two Marys. Right. And a, and a Paul. All right. That sounds good. Who would you have on your Zoom call? You can reach out to us and uh, find us on our social media channels, all right? Hey, uh, we come back. Ron's written something pretty cool he wanted to share with you, so we'll share it next. It's the Ron and Don Show, only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. We heard your plea. Now you have three. Three episodes of the Ron and Don Show drop every Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday. Hit the subscribe button and tell a friend. All right, you guys, welcome back to episode uh, 181 of the Ron and Don Show. We're live from the Les Schwab Studios, and uh, Ron did something kind of interesting a couple weeks ago, and then he got reflective about it, because that's what happens when you get old. What do you mean when you get old? You start wearing the same (laughs) shoes and the same shirt every day, and those shoes are, are, are Velcro because you can't bend over anymore. We're kind of heading in that direction. So as a result of that, yeah, you get on the other side of 50, you're going to shoot yourself with a nail gun. And that's exactly what happened. Right? Yeah. So I, uh, I wrote this, put it up on Facebook said A lot of people reach out and they say, how's the hand? I, I, I shot a nail gun, a three inch framing nail into my hand with a nail gun on accident. And so I, I put this out to, to let people know I'm doing much better. What I learned when I shot myself Last Saturday, sort of been two Saturdays ago, I shot myself in the hand with a framing nail gun. It was a three-inch, 16-gauge nail with about 120 pounds of air pressure behind it. I was working on a project at my tiny house, and the nail gun fired two nails instead of firing one nail and went about two and a half inches into my left hand. My sister had driven up from Portland to help me out, and she said, stay calm and pull it out even though she said it not in the most calm manner. I did pull it out. 
got some medical attention, and has spent most of the last couple of weeks with my hand in a brace that immobilizes the thumb while the swelling goes down. Historically, I haven't always reacted to bad things that happen to me very well. I've been quick to get mad, quick to blame others, and quick to be a whiner. As luck would have it, a few weeks before this accident, I started reading a book called A Guide to the Good Life. It's an introduction to Stoic philosophy. It's been really interesting book to ponder on. One of the major points is that I had been thinking about how Stoics deal with setbacks. One of the techniques they employ is to imagine the worst case scenario. On its face, that seems really counterintuitive. You have a setback, and then the response is to think about the absolute worst outcome that could happen and dwell on that. How in the world is that supposed to help? Turns out, in my experience, it really does help. Even if you do it, or if you do it vividly enough, it can produce a powerful shift of perspective. I had this moment with my hand injury at the doctor's office. After being freaked out, then mad at my stupid, stupid mistake, I found myself looking at x-rays with a hand specialist at the polyclinic. With the help of one of those anatomy models, the doctor said, you're a very lucky man, Ron. If this nail had been a few millimeters in any other direction, it would have hit a bone or a tendon or a nerve bundle or an artery. We'd be talking about surgery right now. I really tried to incorporate the stoic technique that I'd been learning. It was fairly easy to imagine what it would have been like for that nail to sever a tendon or snap a bone in my hand. So I leaned into that for a few minutes, and I really stopped to consider the worst-case scenario. What happened next surprised me. A profound sense of gratitude came over me. I felt really lucky to be in the state I was in. I felt lucky to be wearing a brace instead of prepping for surgery. I felt lucky for the pain instead of having nerve damage. There have been studies about things like this, and people can actually feel less pain when they have a grateful mindset. The experiment didn't involve, involve nails in the hand, but seeing how long a person could hold their hand in a bucket of ice. The mental framework of the person determined the perception of pain and dramatically impacted how long they could hold their hand in the ice. So yes, my hand has been very sore. It's really difficult to do basic tasks like tying my shoes or buttoning a pair of jeans or even typing this now as a chore. But I found if I take a minute and imagine how bad it could have been, I can reset my mind pretty quickly. I'm no master of stoicism by any means, but it feels like 2020 has been the year of setbacks for most of us. I thought I'd share this chance, share this on the chance that it could help somebody. In closing, on the counsel of my hand doctor, I'm going to try and avoid driving three-inch nails into my body. That seems like pretty solid advice. Yeah. I think that's good. Talk, talk and, and I love what you wrote and what I loved about it. And and I haven't I didn't start reading about this or even understanding this or hearing the word in our culture. Uh, when you when you when you take that word mindset, right? And I don't even know if that's a compound word or it's hyphenated. So those words, mindset. El Roker the other day on the Today Show. The thing that I love about him is is he was you know the fat guy weatherman uh, that in some ways was marginalized because that's what you do on these shows. You have a fat guy, weather guy, and he does the weather. Um, but he really turned his opportunity into doing weather on the Today Show into something extraordinary. And he's become a very good journalist. He's a great broadcaster. There's a lot of philanthropy. And then the other day, he revealed that he has pancreatic cancer. Um, and then he talked about 
the way that he has dealt with the news of getting pancreatic cancer. And you could see that he had a very similar mindset to what you have here. It's in it, and, and for the Stoics, it's not about running from something. Uh, it's about moving through it and seeing what it has to teach you. Uh, because sometimes things happen and they've happened and they're not going to unhappen. So you have to figure out what your mindset is going to be when things aren't happening, when things are good. That's when you have to really double down uh, and determine the person and the force that you want to be when something goes sideways in your life because it's a guarantee that it's going to. And Al Roker really impressed me in the way that he, that he handled it. If you don't get a chance, go to today.com and listen to it. Pretty lovely and inspiring of him. Yeah, so. and it's super easy. A lot of times we think about meditation or you think about some of these concepts like yoga or whatever. It's like, ah, I don't have the time to do that. It's too complicated. I'm not very good at that. I don't have the attention. Anyone can imagine a worst-case scenario. And if you really lean into it and it's like, okay, my hand could have been really damaged. It could be in a cast right now instead of out of that brace. Uh, the other one, that, and it makes you grateful the other one that's super easy to do that uh, the Stoics talk about is the last time exercise. And you just think, okay, there's going to be a last time that I get to use my left hand. There's going to be a last time that Don and I will ever do a podcast together. There'll be a last time that I ever get to hang out with your son. One, one Someday, there's going to be a last time that you do everything in your life. And so if you really think about that, um, it puts you in a mindset of like, this could be the last time that Don and I ever hang out together. So why don't I infuse this interaction with a little more grace and love and kindness and put a little more focus uh, on everything in there because it could be the last time. And so when you think about that as well, it's like, okay, I'm going to be grateful for the fact that I do have mobility and that even though if my hand is sore, there's going to be a last time that I'll be able to open that jar uh, with that hand. And so use it and be grateful for it now. And it's a jar of moonshine just to get through exactly. the pain of shooting yourself through the ham. We should, right. should be very clear about what's in the jar. But it's um, it's a really interesting, it's been interesting to try to embrace some of that because it does shift your mind away from like, oh, I'm stupid. I shouldn't have done that. What an idiot. This hurts. I can't do, I can't do all these things. And how am I going to, you know, function? I can't type what, like it's easy to go down that rabbit hole. Uh, and I found it relatively easy to go, Hey man, at least I'm not going into surgery this week. And it could have been way worse. Just fixating on that of how much more worse it could have been has revolutionized. And I think I healed up quicker because of that. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. My friend, John, I told him your story. He said the last time he shot himself, it was in the boot, but then he fell 20, he said his hand was fine, but then he fell 20 feet off the ladder with, with one of those guns <laughs> in his hand. Like, Wow amazing anyway that's a great story why don't we end episode 181 here hey if you need us we're here for you uh and don't forget we have brand new ebooks out right now so if you're thinking about buying selling or you know somebody who's thinking about buying or selling we'll just send you an ebook and then you can share that with them it provides a lot of questions that uh that you should be asking that if your real estate journey is new to you maybe you don't know 
and then we could schedule a sit down together. We can do it virtually online, you guys. Go to ronanddonsitdown.com and you can schedule your time today. All right. He's Ron. I'm Don. That's why we call it the Ron and Don Show. Now broadcasting, I think, into our 26th year. Thanks for listening. Thanks for giving us great lives. We really appreciate you. Thank you for trusting us on your real estate journey. Okay. Ronanddonsitdown.com. Keep your head up, your shoulders back. And we'll see you next time for episode 182 only on the Ron and Don Radio Network. Hey, thanks for listening to the Ron and Dawn Show. Now keep your head up and your shoulders back and find some black belt courage. Ah! I'm not kidding. <laughs>